RadioInfluence.com. What's happening? It's the end of the football season. Oh, my God. I'm trying to squeeze every single second out of this football season. The weather is absolutely gorgeous here. It's warm during the day. It's cool at night. It's night. It's wintertime in Florida. I know you're freezing your you-know-what, where you're living. I know. I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I'm just in a great mood tonight. I'm kicking back. And just thinking about these last couple of days this week, just phenomenal, phenomenal. I'll get into a lot of different stories, tell you what's going on, but let me welcome in my guest. I was very, very, very impressed. I had not had a chance to meet this guest until this podcast. He is the new head football coach at USF in Tampa, Alex Golish. And I even, you know, when I was doing the interview and when I'm listening and it was like I had my headphones on and I had my microphone, my recorder, and it was it was it was becoming obvious to me like, wow, he is I like him. I like him. He is reflective. He's just he seems very, very honest. It wasn't coach speak. Every question that I asked him, he took his time and he was really, really, really good. And he's a young guy. He's 38 years old. He's a family man. And it's his first ever head, really his head coaching position at a big university that needs a boost. Oh, my God. Needs to be relevant again, but it's going to take time. It isn't going to be overnight and where they are, but... I'm hoping that the athletic director, Michael Kelly, I hope that he has hit a home run in this one because it's not the big, it's not always the big splash name. Uh, Sometimes it comes down to someone that's just finally ready, ready for where he is. And I think back to my days with Joe Madden. Now, Joe Madden got his first ever managerial uh, job when he was late in life, but he was ready for it with the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't even know, were they the Devil Rays when he started? And they, he brought him to the World Series in the, in, in the high-spending, high-payroll AL East. Tell me that. Look at that accomplishment. And then won the World Series with the Cubs. The, Billy, the curse was broken. He won the World Series with the Cubs. Well, I'm not saying, I don't want to put all that on my next guest here, but I just think that he, it sounds like he's ready for where he is, and I wish him the best of luck. I'll explain on the backstory as I normally do how this all went down. But bear in mind when you're listening to this, it was a handshake. How are you? And we just started. He had not, there was no small talk. And here we go. So USF Bulls, go Bulls, new head football coach, Coach Alex, Alex Golish. What a good guy. I'm pulling for him big time. Here you go. All right, I am with Coach. Coach, my brother lives in Williamsburg. Uh, I know you're a Brooklyn guy. You've been all around the country. How are you doing? Are you, is it still kind of a whirlwind, man? Yeah, it's still a little bit of a whirlwind in a good way. Um, I, you know, it's uh, there's so much to do um, in a good way. There's there's the daily task of your team recruiting your staff, um, and you're just you're building 
on every single thing you're doing every single day. You're building, you're building relationships, you're, you're building a staff, you're figuring out like where the heck everything is. But uh, whirlwind is probably a bad word. I think like a invigorated energy right now in terms of how much stuff has got going, we've got all got going on to get done. So you actually need the time, right? I mean, you're coming in and you're trying to, you're trying to build the culture. You're trying to build a winning, you know, program again. Everything is new. The area, like you said, everything you need every day. Do you not? <laughs> every single minute of every day, like literally every minute of every day is, is planned out, thought through. And then, you, you know, you're, you're working, working, working. A player walks in, wants to talk. Well, then you drop everything. And because we don't have jobs without the players. So that part of it, too, is super, super important. What do, what do you think is the biggest challenge for you coming in here as head coach of the USF Bulls? Um, I think changing the narrative in that locker room of what's happened. Um, I think selling a vision, selling a product, but then actually letting the guys see that what they've been sold is true. So I think just your day-to-day -day of your interactions of how you handle yourselves as a staff, um, how you can actually change the belief of what, what it is. How much different is college football these days with the NIL, with the transfer portal, or does it still come down to the basics? You've been in, you've been in this game for a while now. Yeah, I think, I think in a lot of ways, things have changed tremendously, right? Uh, young men, if they don't like their situation, they can leave at any point. That's different. Uh, the fact that young men can, can profit off their name, image, and likeness. That's drastically different. I think both those things are super positive. Um, I think the, the transfer portal can either enhance your culture or expose your culture, one way or the other. I think the NIL part of it is incredible because guys now, for what we ask them to do, can profit off their name, image, and likeness. Guys can live how they want to live. Guys can drive what they want to drive. Guys can eat where they want to eat within reason. Um, and so I think both those things are incredibly positive. How we handle it as coaches is, is absolutely critical. Um, just understanding that, that guys, if they don't like their situation, can move on. Recruit the right guys that'll push through the hard because the one thing that is still the same, it's still a game for tough, smart people. And it's still a game of relationships. It's still a game that's, that you can go beat people that maybe have better talent than you by having a better culture than them. And so I think those two things go hand in hand, but I think football is still football. Now, for you, from the high school level, all your stops collegiately, but now as a head coach, it's almost like you're the CEO of an entire organization. Do you think that all of your stops and where you've been, including high school, has prepared you for where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think every experience in life prepares you for, for the moment you're in, positive or negative. Um, I've always taken a lot of pride in, in every single one of my stops. I, you know, I feel like I, I climbed up the rough side of the mountain, and I'm certainly not at the top. Um, I'm fighting like crazy every day to get us to the top, but my, I've never had a shortcut. Uh, I've never taken a shortcut. I, I don't have a unique last name that maybe helped me with a shortcut. And I've done every job. I've coached on both sides of the ball. I've been a recruiting coordinator, been a special teams coordinator, been an offensive coordinator. Like, I've done every job. And I'd like to say I've done it 
at the best of my ability. And, um, and all of those experiences have prepared me for this moment. Now, what you do at the moment will prepare you for the next part of life, which is being a head coach and, and running a football program. And, and I've got 50 some people that work with me and I've got 130 players that play for us. And I think all of it is super important to understand that I am the CEO. It is my program, but all these guys work with me, not for me, work with me, because we're trying to do the same exact thing, which is at the end of the day, help young people become the best versions of themselves, teach guys what process, like real life process looks like. And we are judged on wins and losses. I'm also well aware of that. Two more. I know family's important, especially the coaching fraternity. You move so much, and a lot is put on wives and family. How has the family been supportive handling this uh, this move to Tampa, Tampa Bay? Yeah, um, I always joke. My wife knew what she was getting into. My kiddos didn't. So uh, they've not moved yet. They're they're going to be in Knoxville through May. They're going to finish school. We've got we got travel baseball. We got cheerleading. We got golf. Um, so they, we're not cutting their lives off because because I left. Um, so they're traveling back and forth a little bit. Um, I'll be back and forth a little bit, but they're gonna be there till May. Um, you know what? Um, I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't if it wasn't for them and their support. And and um, and as I went through the process, and it was a crazy process. Um, you know, after our season up in Knoxville was over. Part of me taking the job was having the support of, of my wife and kiddos. They're old enough now, 11 and 8, that they can make decisions too. And uh, just like I tell our players, I, I tell our kiddos, like, the greatest power you have is the power to choose. And they they chose to have my back and, and ride with me, and so I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Here's my last one I ask all my guests. What advice do you have for a young coach in this business? In football advice, also in life, they're trying to climb that ladder. What would be the best piece of advice, Coach? Yeah, that's super easy. Have your feet planted where you are and do the best job at your job. Uh, same thing I would tell our players and do tell our players. Don't worry about the end result. Worry about your process. Worry about how you attack every single day and being the best, whatever it is, fill in the blank in the country at what you are. Um, that's what I mean by never taking any shortcuts. Um, I think s such an instant gratification society, right? Like everybody wants, everybody wants to be the CEO right now. Everybody wants to, to make a ton of money right now. There's a process to it. And if you can stay patient and just do a great job at your job, it'll always work out. And, um, and I, I'm a living testimony of that. Um, it's easier said than done, but that's the only advice I would ever give anybody. All the best. I hope you have so much success here. Thank you so much, Coach. Thank you so much. Appreciate y'all having me. So, thank you. Thank you, Coach. I came away really impressed. You know what I mean? Just down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's the one. You know, a lot of you have mixed feelings on Jim Levitt and... That was the time and the place. And he started out of a trailer. USF had never had football. They're really still a young program when you really look at it compared to other you know, college football programs. Um, but he started out of a trailer and got them to number two in the nation. 
They played in front of 65,000 fans. It was so stinking loud at Raymond James Stadium. Oh, I remember it because I used to do the Jim Levitt show. I knew him very, very well. And he was an interesting guy. Driven, 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 driven. Didn't have, I don't think he did much socially. He was all about football, just being a football coach. Great athlete. And uh, I always had a good relationship with him. And he moved around. and But that was then. You know, I know a lot of you, oh, bring back Jim Levin, bring back Jim Levin. Sometimes you can't go back. You can't go back. Believe me, there's days when I'm out in the field and I see the Spectrum Sports crew or guy basically kind of like replace me. Um, and I'm like, man, I can I, you know, no doubt. I had my time. You can't go back. You got to go forward. You got to move forward in life. And so Jim Levitt, that was incredible to be number two in the nation. <laughs> oh my God. Matt Grothy was the quarterback. I believe they played Westford. Wasn't it West Virginia Raymond James stadium? I was in Seattle with my wife. I don't know if we were married at the time we were visiting her sister and husband, Andy, they had a little one. She was pregnant. They were in Seattle, Washington. He was working for Expedia. He now works in the front office with the, at the NFL in Park Avenue next to Roger Goodell. RG, they call him. I'm very, very proud of my man, Andy. But uh, And I won't say any more because he's my family now. He's my brother-in-law, and he's working at the top level in the NFL and couldn't happen to a better guy. But we were visiting them. He was working for Expedia in Seattle. They had a windstorm. They were canceling everything. We're like, what? Wind? And I remember going into a bar, and right after they had been number two in the nation, I th- it was a, I, I believe it was like a Thursday night game against Rutgers at the time, and I think that they lost. I mean, they didn't stay up there much. But anyway, those were the heydays. But I, you know what? I wish him well, man. He, he's an interesting guy. He grew up in Brooklyn, Ohio, Dublin, Ohio. And, and no, born in Brooklyn and then grew up really in Ohio, Dublin. But I was looking at his resume and he's paid his dues. That's why he's ready for this. I love the guy. Most people have paid your due. When you get a big, when you see somebody that gets a big gig, it isn't just like, oh, they, they just really lucked out. And on a silver platter, we're given this opportunity. It rarely, rarely, rarely ever happens. You have to work to get to that position. And then when you get that opportunity, you got to take it and run with it. And a lot don't. And I was looking at it and it was like Westerville Central High School in 03. Then like uh, an assistant, I don't even know if he was paid at Ohio State, a graduate assistant, Northern Illinois, Oklahoma State. Then at Toledo, Toledo, and he got got promoted, Illinois, and Iowa State. This is tight ends. And and then UCF, co-offensive coordinator. Then Tennessee, the OC, and now USF, head coach. So it's going to be kind of cool to see. It's going to be tough, man. They're no longer, you know, they're in a, a watered-down AAC, but who cares? Just win. You win, and it will take care of everything. Like in the business that I'm in or was in, ratings or clicks. Like I do a, a podcast on Joe Buck's fan. They get so many clicks. They've got to figure it out. They really have. And I'm honored to be on that. Now, I'm just doing this one. I got my, my locals that follow me, but uh, happy to do it. 
happy to do it. But again, if you just, you know, you get you get the clicks or you get the ratings and, and it equals revenue. You know, I was asked last week on a podcast, why, why the Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night? Brady, America's team. I did a radio show with Martin Gramatica before and during the pandemic. And Martin was a kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he was an all pro. He was great. He had an operation. It was misdiagnosed. Did the wrong surgery. Damn, cut his career short. But he was trying to get back and it was tough. He spent time on the, with the Dallas Cowboys. Bill Parcells was the head coach. And he told me when they got to a hotel, <clears throat> there were hundreds outside the hotel fans. It's like the New York Yankees. And Dallas, you know, love them or hate them if you're not a Cowboys fan, especially if you're in the Northeast. If you're like an Eagles fan, you hate the Cowboys and Jerry Jones. And uh, But it's America's team. And Prescott and Jerry Jones and it's Dallas Cowboys. Everything's big in Texas. And you got Brady. You got the GOAT. Now, this podcast is playing where the result already has happened. I'm taping this right here before this Monday night game where I don't know who's going to win. But you already know, so I can't get X's and O's. That's the thing I'm struggling with with once-a-week podcasting. There's times where I just find out, I get information, I've been behind the scenes, I've seen stuff, and I gotta... I only have a once a week thing for now and it's just it's hard for me to to deal with. So I don't want to get two X's and O's because you guys already would know who won. Either the Buck season is over or they're living for another day. And last week when I was over there in that building, you can feel it. Like your season is either gonna be over, I it's it's one and done, or or lose and go home. It's it's an unbelievable feeling. And even being just as a, a reporter, being in the building, being in the locker room, talking to players, being in the press conference room, getting in a question or two and listening, head coach, some select players, the GOAT himself, Brady, you can feel it. You can feel it. It really is. There is a difference between preseason, regular season, playoffs. And then you go to the conference championships and then the Super Bowl. Like, And the Super Bowl, there's so much. I've, I've been to many Super Bowls. There's so much. It's a circus. It's a big, it's such an event. Everything, the timing is different. When they come out, pregame, there's so many people on the field. There's a stage being set up. There's pregame concert. There's... All the it's just it's it's totally different. How teams focus and players is beyond me. But here it is, your biggest game that you have dreamed of playing in, and now everything is helter skelter. It's off players, and it's not only baseball players. Baseball players, remember Wade Boggs? He ate chicken, the chicken man, he ate chicken before every single game that he played in all those years. Baseball players are very superstitious. Lot most sports guys are superstitious though, you know. So, but it was kind of neat, and you know, being in that building this week, I would be like, "Is this the last time Brady's going to be here?" You know. And then I got in there. I'll, I'll let you know a little secret. We get in the locker room. I have not seen Brady in the locker room the entire year. 
The entire year. I'm there every Wednesday, every Thursday. Friday, we're outside. I've never seen Brady. He does not come in there during media availability. He does his, he, and he's got so many things going on. He's under such a rigid, structured schedule. He's got meetings. He's film work. He's doing plyometrics with TB12, Alex Guerrero. He does this. He does that. He, it's he's, it's, there's a reason why. I'm 45 years old, man. He looks like he's 32 and is still you know, doing it. Um, but I didn't see him. And I looked down and I didn't see, because I remember last week when I was there, he's got a lot of spikes, uh, cleats. You can call them cleats. A lot of different pairs. Devin White, who is a young linebacker, he's got the most that I've ever seen. Um, rows and rows and rows. But I'm looking, I, I didn't see Brady's cleats. And I'm like, oh, this is the last practice before this Monday Night Football game that we're going to be in the locker room. I'm like, I'm not going to tell anybody. Normally you're like, hey, man, you see it? No, 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 this is my thing. I, I, He probably packed up his stuff. He's got no cleats. I was just in here last week. He had a whole bunch of cleats. Holy crap. I'm not telling anybody. I'm going to save it for my podcast. And then 15 minutes go by, 20 minutes go by. We go interview somebody, come back, and then I look at the locker next to Brady where it just says Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have their, in wood, engraved. It's really cool. It's not a nameplate that you just stick on and take off. It's actually engraved in the wood in cursive who their names and next to Brady is Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm like, Oh, I look down. Oh, those are his cleats. Okay. Maybe I looked quickly last week and his cleats. I thought they were right in his specific locker. They're in the next locker. Okay. It's a good thing. I didn't go on a podcast or go on a show and say, I'm going to give you guys a little something. Brady cleaned out his locker. All his spikes are gone. Oh, he must be leaving. He's not coming back to this team. Good thing I didn't say that. Good thing, good thing, good thing, good thing. You got to be careful. I got to double check. You know, double check myself. But anyway, it's been great. I am scheduled to go to the Super Bowl week, during the week. I'm not going to the game. I'll be back here in Florida before the game, but during the week. So I'm hoping to get some big name guests here and just have a good time. I'm in walking distance. Believe it or not, it's my first Airbnb. I know. I know. I am so old school and so my son. I'm like, you've been in Airbnb? Of course. Who has it? Verbo? Of course. Me? Look at me. Look at me. Behind the behind the times. Get off my I'm not a get off my lawn guy. This is my first Airbnb. So it's downtown. It's I'm gonna be able to walk to the convention center. That's what I figured. Because if you get, you know, the hotels, everything is everything is jacked up because it's Super Bowl. Any big event you go to. Like if you try to get a hotel at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, and you try to do it like weeks before, are you kidding me? I've covered the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio several times. We've stayed like in Akron. You got to stay out of town because when I was at a station, they don't approve that stuff until a couple of weeks before and everything is jacked up. So, I mean, and I was like, all right, am I going to have to rent the car, which I don't mind. I've rented cars since I could at 25 years old. Finally, I can finally rent a car. 
um, and then travel, you know, an hour outside of Phoenix, the area, the valley, so I can afford these little hotels to just, all I got to do is sleep, take a shower, and boom, I'm back at the convention center and schmoozing. But a lot of times they might have a party, like the media party, or maybe, maybe I get invited to a party. You have, a, you, have, you have some drinks. I don't want to get in my rental car and drive an hour. You know, that defeats the purpose of going to the Super Bowl week. So I got a Airbnb and it's in downtown and we'll see it's decent. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But I'm, I am looking forward to that because everything that I do is whatever. Addie and my wife and Hunter is like, no, my son, he's 25. He doesn't live with us, lives with his mom. He's about a half hour away. He, he needs nothing. He's, I just think men don't. Don't don't need much. But anyway, 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 anyway. All right, what else did I want to hit you on? Oh, a um, couple of things. I see that Keith Thurman, my man, boxer, one time, Keith Thurman, who has not been active. Let's face it. You got to be active, man. And I don't know, as I'm talking to you now, I don't know if it's finalized but he's going to be fighting Earl Spence. Earl Spence is undefeated, 28-0. Keith, one-time Thurman, 30-1. and The only loss to Manny Pacquiao, 22 KOs. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I could get him back on. He was so cool to me. Keith Thurman was a kid training under this guy named Ben Getty out of Clearwater, Florida training in a cafeteria with just there's no ring i mean he was just a kid and i remember covering him a little bit and then when i had a show a live show at night on bay news nine he came by we had moved to feather sound our new studios and ben getty was there ben getty died it was one of those things where it was like a father figure to keith thurman and he hooked up with Dan Birmingham, who is a legendary St. Pete boxing trainer. I love Dan Birmingham. Oh, my God. He had Jeff Left Hook Lacey. He had Winky Wright, Diamond David Santos, a featherweight. Uh, just uh, St. Pete boxing gym. Oh, my God. It's in the hood. It's in South St. Pete. And nobody Fs with it. Nobody Fs with it because you're in the hood. But if you're going to try to do anything, any to the cars in the parking lot or try to go break in there or something, you got the best boxers in the world that will kick your ass and they respect St. Pete Boxing Club in the hood in South St. Pete. And uh, anyway, when I first started this podcast a year and a half ago, I contacted Dan Birmingham. And it really is about relationships anymore because who am I? I got a small little podcast here, The Rock Stops here, but it's because of relationships, people that trust me, know me, know of me. It's everything. It really is everything. And because uh, I even thought about moving out of here, but we got our daughter and going to school and this and that, uh, starting a new chain. You know, I, I, I can move, but no, everybody that I know. And I so I went through Dan Birmingham and he said, Keith will talk to you at St. Pete Boxing Club tomorrow, like 11 a.m. And I'm like, Dan, thank you so much, because I know he's got a handler. He's big time. He's world class. 
And I went there and I was waiting there and I was in the ho- just right there in that little parking lot. It's like a, it is nothing to brag about from the outside. And a little old sign, beat up, weather, weather beaten, says Winky Wright, like world champion. And Keith pulled in, gave me the big handshake, opened the St. Opened the Pete Boxing Gym, put, grabbed a little stool. He had a little folding chair. Sat down, nobody in that building, little boxing gym, no air conditioning, no frills at freaking all, and sat down and just shot the shit, and he was cool as hell, and he was even saying, remember remember when I came in, man, when I was young? I said, I do, I do, so I'm a big Keith one-time Thurman fan. And I hope that he has another shot here. He's going to get it if he gets Earl Spence. So I'm hoping to actually hook up back with him. I really would like that. And Dan Birmingham as well. Because he was he's even older than me. And he looks fantastic. He's one of those guys that I would look up to and like, damn, if he's still doing it. Look, he looks good. He's he's doing it, man. I got I, I to gotta keep doing it. Now, as far as keeping on doing it, I don't know about you. I have got this pain it's in my forearm and I don't like medication. My medication is what I got right now, beer, beer and maybe something else. And this is my son for Christmas, Hunter Man, gave me 12 bottles of different IPA beers. This one is Stone. A, uh, a triple dry hopped Imperial IPA, 26 years in the making, 9.7% alcohol. And I'm sitting in my garage. It's actually cold outside, believe it or not, from Florida. And I'm just sitting in the garage having a call, having one of these and talking to you guys. I don't think it gets too much better than that. So thank you, Hunt Man. But uh, what was I saying? Oh, so anyway, that's myself medicating. I get my buzz. But I don't like pills. I don't like pills. I don't. I never want for pills. I've tried a couple of things for recreational partying. It's not my thing. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like when I'm not coming down off of something or I don't have control. Like, you know, I, I'm just not a pill guy. But anyway, I took, I, I had this inflammation, couldn't get rid of it, like the ibuprofen or whatever. Usually that didn't do anything. I don't know what I did. And uh, so I went to the doctor. I got this medication. You got to take it for a month. And it says, oh, don't use heavy machinery. Heavy machinery. I mean, Jesus, it did nothing for me. And it, it did nothing. It hasn't gone away. And I'm like, ah. And then they refer me to like uh, an orthopedic. And then you got to go there. And all I need is an MRI. You know, Coco Eaton, my former dad, give me the MRI. Forget about all this x-ray. I didn't break anything. And it's still there and I'm hoping it'll go away. Are you like that? Where you finally, you're like, you just hope it will go away. And it hasn't been going away. And I just try to avoid it. So totally opposite to my wife. But anyway, and then it's been a crazy last couple of days because... I don't want to get into details, but I'm doing a lot of stuff around the house, like in a hurry and a lot of it and stuff. Boom, boom, boom. Like I don't want, I don't even want to go into details, but it's like, 
it's more than a honey do list, man. And you just you just got to do what you got to do. You do what you got to do, right, guys? Especially when you have a wife. You've it, it requires a lot of work. <laughs> I don't think I'm work. I maybe I am. I don't require anything. I don't ask anything. I don't require anything. Just leave me alone. I'm good. I'm good by myself. I don't need anything. I got a beer here and I'm good. That is about it. All right. So what do we got cooking? Uh, there was something else that I wanted to get into with all you guys. If I, I Again, I keep wanting to think about uh, changing this bad boy up. I wanted to do like a party podcast because I have so much fun. Now, the craft beer bar that I used to go to, I walked to. I've been living here, Emily and I and Addie Meg. My son lives 25, 20 minutes away. We have been living here probably eight to nine years now. And there is a craft beer bar. It's changed hands. It was Pint and Brew. It went dark because of COVID. And then it was sold and it was Crafty Brew. And now it's Snooty's Social House. Okay, that's the name. And it's a little bit different. And there was like wine bar, wine bar. Okay, wine bar. And when the word started spreading, and I can walk to it. That's the thing. I can walk to it. It's like, been, it's, it has been my oasis like a cheers. All right, I've done all my Henny do list. I've done everything for my family today. It's nighttime now, once a week. I'm going to take a walk down to Crafty. I'm going down to Pint. I've met my one of my best friends, Damon, now. Can I, I can just walk down there? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, she gave me the approval. Boom, it's cool. And I can walk. You're not driving after having one or two. It's great. So a wine bar. And I'm like, wine bar? They're going to have beer? And people are like, I don't know. Is this going to be wine? I'm like, there's no way. You can get enough wineaholic women to to justify redoing and and, and and running a wine bar, right? You gotta have beer. And so when they were putting the thing together and I drove by and my wife always says, stop going slow and looking over. Like you're creepy. <laughs> like it's just, I wanna see what's going on. She goes, stop doing that. Ooh, she hates that. I do it anyway. I when she's not in the car, I'll drive by. Let's see what's cooking over here. Let me cruise over here, see what's going on over here. I do it. I do it. And uh, one day I was driving by, drive the parking lot, and the door was open. I'm like, "What the hell, man? I gotta see what this place is gonna be. This is my place." So I walked in, and the owner, he was, you know, getting it together. And I guess they had a, a salesman there for one of the, like a distributor. And hey, anyone, he recognized Rock Riley. Yeah, how you doing, man? He goes, man, remember that one time we talked for a long time at Mother's? I don't think we talked at Mother's. That's another uh, place he has in a place called West Chase. And we're BSing, we're BSing. And I said, are you going to have beer here? He goes, of course. We're going to have craft beers. We'll have uh, domestic, McUltra. But like I said, beautiful, beautiful. So it's interesting because they have live music quite a few nights. And it's more couples that are coming in. See, my wife is not a partier. And I am, still am. She thinks that I should have probably grown out of this stage of getting a buzz on. Uh, maybe I should have, but what can I say? So I 
I go and down there and I never have to make plans. I never have to call and set up anything with a friend. It's whenever it, I can do it, I just walk down and so many times I have walked out of there like, whoa, that was so much thinking fun. Oh my God, that was so much thinking fun. And I'm like, and I didn't have one thing set up. Like I didn't know I was going to have that much fun that night. I loved that. But this one is a little bit different because it's a different vibe. It's more couples, but it's still, it's been a good time, but it's just different. And again, it's maybe once a week, you know? So all is good. Now that football, I don't know. I wish I, I, you know, when you're hearing this, you will know whether or not I will be back at one buck or it's over. It's over. And the Cowboys have advanced. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking to you now. But other than that, I'll st- I'm going to get to Amelie Arena. I'm going to start covering the Tampa Bay Lightning a little bit more. And then, of course, we'll get ready for baseball season. And we'll see what else comes up. I just feel the need to do more. I, I, I got to do more. I got to do more. I just don't know. I'm not going to waste my time. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't want to. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm trying to think if there's anything else. This one's a little bit shorter. Oh, you know what? I saw last week that Evil Knievel's son, uh, Robbie Knievel, passed away. Now, I was a big fan of Evil Knievel and Robbie Knievel, his son, the daredevil, the motorcycle jumps. Wide World of Sports or ABC, they would have these specials. Uh, when Evil Knievel jumped over, he was at in Vegas, wasn't that Caesars? And he damn near died. It was incredible. And I started thinking about it today. Like I saw last week, oh, Robbie Knievel, 60 years old, he passed away. And I was a fan when I was younger, you know? And Evil Knievel was a very ornery in person from everybody that I know that dealt with him. I never had a chance to interview him, but he moved to the Tampa Bay area when he was all said and done retired. He moved to an area called Feather Sound. It's in the Tampa Bay area. He moved to a condo complex that I was very familiar with. I used to go there not that long ago and go visit a buddy and have a cold one and party with him a little bit in the same complex that Evil Knievel was living in. I was like, Evil Knievel lives here? I would think that he would be in, in like a big home or something, a mansion. Maybe he didn't make that much back, really back in the day, but he was huge. And I saw that his son, Robbie Knievel, passed away, 60 years old, of pancreatic cancer. His sister gave a statement and was saying that the injuries over the year, you don't believe how much, and I do believe how much of a toll it takes on daredevils. And I thought, would would a daredevil be big nowadays? We have so much on our phones. There's so much that we have now that I don't even know if like we would be like, whoa, whoa, a daredevil. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about you. But I, I scroll past a lot of fights 
uh, fights in laundromats, in streets, in, in establishments, Walmart, Waffle House, throwing chairs. Like, you know what? I, I it doesn't, I, I scroll past it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. Uh, some real negative stuff anymore. Like, I don't, I, I don't know, but there's so much stuff and incredible videos. Now I'm not on to, I know I should be on TikTok, but I just, it's too, I can't, man, it's for kids. I know I should be, I know, but I just, I just, but Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, I, there's so many videos that are on my phone daily, night, morning, noon, and night. I don't know if I would plop myself down. Would I pay, would I do a pay-per-view for a daredevil? Would I, no, no. Is that another thing that's just gone by time is just passed it by being a daredevil? Like the jumps over the, over the school buses and things like that. That used to be a big thing. Do you remember when it was it Evil Knievel or Robbie Knievel was going to jump over the, wasn't that like the Grand Canyon or one of those canyons? And it was a big thing. Remember the remember the tomb when, what's his name, with the mustache? He's still, I think he's on Fox News to this day. Uh, he was going to open up this thing. What's going to happen? You know, you're waiting. I don't, we don't, none of that stuff you see anymore because you get so much on your phone. I don't know. Look, I don't want to be, get off my lawn. I don't want to be, get off my lawn. Things were better. No, things are a lot better today. But there are some things that I miss. The one, the biggest thing that I just don't understand is when when we, me, how about you, when we were kids, I was on my bike and gone. I would barely make it home for lunch, especially like this talking about the summer or even after school. I couldn't wait to get, I got, as soon as I got home, I got changed. I was gone. It would be make sure you're home for dinner and gone and just whatever in the woods in town in the field and in a how who knows where i didn't tell my parents anything and now it's even like emily we have to plan things we have to we have to make sure she's doing stuff and it, again it's different maybe for a girl but like everything has to be planned out. Like I never, I, my, my parents, my father and mother never had to worry about like planning something for me when I was a kid at all. You too. Now I had a paper route from the lady that came to interview me, Mrs. Burbridge. It was like, she threw a couple, a little change on the ground. Can you count change? Cause you had to, you had to physically go and, 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 um, and pick up money once a week on Saturdays for the newspaper and I was seven days a week for years, years. And I was up hills. I was across town. And then when I was done with that, I was still, I was over town, across town, up north, south, east end uh, here, my friend's house in the woods, uh, all kinds. You know, it just blows me away. It's just, I guess those days are done. Are they done? I guess they're done. Everything has to be play, you know, scheduled. So anyway, 
Anyway, anyway, anyway, I don't want to be the complaining guy. It's the one thing that's just so different, man. So different. But look, very, very happy. My thanks to Coach Golish, Alex Golish. I wish you the best at USF. I got another one in the can, but I don't want to go back to back in the same kind of category. So we shall see. We shall see what I got next week. For now, we'll keep going. Maybe I'll tweak this bad boy. I got to do something, man, right? But anyway, I thank you. Any of you that have been listening to me and have been there supporting me, subscribe, please, if you're not subscribed. That way it automatically comes every Tuesday morning. My thanks to my guys at Radio Influence. Jason Floyd and Jerry P. Tuck and Jason has been putting in a lot of extra hours and I know Jerry is going to be coming back strong. So thank you, boys. And I will talk to you next week. God willing. Every day I am just thankful that I'm alive and kicking and cooking and kicking. <laughs> Have a great one, man. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot.